Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunnar-Wardner, and in this episode I am joined by Sarah Creel. Sarah is the Head of Global Partnership Initiatives for Estee Lauder Companies, but I met her recently because she is the woman who helped create the Victoria Beckham for Estee Lauder collection. And when I was in a situation with a couple of journalists at one of these intimate launches with Sarah and Victoria talking through the collection... I came out of the room, looked at my friend Georgie, who works with Estee Lauder, and said, I need to sit down and chat to Sarah. I want to get inside that woman's head. So thankfully, that's what you're going to listen to in this episode of the show. She's a fascinating, inspiring, creative woman, and I loved the hour that we spent chatting together. Um, in my week, this week, lots has been happening. It's actually been a record-breaking podcasting week. Uh, I there was a bit of a lapse in the schedule recently and there was a week where I didn't publish because things had been incredibly hectic. Uh, but this week, to make up for it, I recorded, I think I podcast every single day. Um, so the schedule is properly packed. Fear not, there are some really exciting shows coming up. And I, so it was just an amazing week, just podcasting my ass off and speaking to lots of very different, very brilliant, very inspiring um interesting people, everything from uh, experts in meditation to experts in colour cosmetics like Sarah. Um, uh, and we did the live podcast, which went live yesterday, actually, uh, with Hannah and Sophie Pycroft from Spectrum Collections for the Birchbox event. So there was lots that went on this week in terms of podcasting. And probably because I was so busy with all of those things, it was probably a good thing that uh, I was testing uh, Pure Package, a, few, a food delivery service. Uh, there's a big podcast coming up soon around all things food, diet, nutrition, etc. Um, that I'm doing quite a lot of prep for and Pure Package was part of that. And my life as a result has been so easy because every morning I've unpacked my little cool box, I've had my breakfast, my two snacks, my lunch and my supper and considering how hectic I've been and I've got in and I've just thought oh rather than having that stress of what do I have to cook or make or what have you it's already there and it's fresh and they've all been delicious so uh, stay tuned there'll be more uh, talk about uh, food delivery services and many other sort of foody things fads trends whatever you like to call them but whether they're you know worth the investment coming up soon uh, because I'm a horror by the way for coming home late and just fashioning something really rather disgusting and eating it even though I'm not particularly enjoying it just because I think I've got to eat and uh what Pure Package has done for me is sort of made me think a bit more about the quality of 
that nutritious goodness that one fuels oneself with. Um, if you watched my Instagram live that I did on Monday, um, I was showing how I use these two uh, Niod products, Niod, Niod, always get it wrong, uh, to create this kind of very dewy uh, highlight and contour. And my I had to leave the live because my doorbell rang and it was because I'd received the Chanel Gabrielle uh, fragrance, which is the new fragrance from Chanel. It's the first one in 15 years. And I spritzed it and was like, oh, it's not unpleasant, and then got trolled by some beauty buddies who said that was a great review. I'm not brilliant with fragrance. If you follow my Instagram, you'll know that I like very clear, crisp things. But this fragrance, the Gabrielle by Chanel, has really grown on me. It's got a beautiful, beautiful bottle. And even though at the time on the live, I think I was saying, oh gosh, if I was wearing that, it's taking me back to the 80s. feel like I should be wearing big gold jewellery. It's, it's sort of dried down on me from that. I actually find it sort of slightly... It's, it's sophisticated, but not in the 80s Alexis Carrington Colby, which is nothing wrong with that, by the way. I live for Alexis Carrington Colby. But there's something softer. It's quite a bombastic fragrance, but there is something cleaner. So if you haven't maybe tried a Chanel fragrance for a while or Chanel number no. 5 is your home girl or Mademoiselle is your go-to definitely go to a counter and, and put this on your skin and give it a let it dry down and see how it is on you because I have a suspicion you'll be pleasantly surprised uh and obviously this week I've been wearing a ton of Victoria Beckham Estee Lauder makeup because um I would, it's normally the kind of thing that I would keep for best, but having gone through it and actually seen Victoria kind of, you know, blend the eyeshadows or draw the eye pencils on the back of her hand, and I left with an armful of swatches when I left that particular one-on-one, -on -one, and I had to remove them because I'd signed an NDA and we were under strict embargo, so all of those lovely swatches that I was, like, playing with on my arms all had to go, but I've been desperate to use them, and they are absolutely lovely, and you'll hear about how they are made in this chat with Sarah. So without any further ado, um, just to say, if you want to get in touch with the show, please do email me on thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with me on social media, I'm at Emma Guns on Twitter and Instagram, and I try to get back to DMs as quickly as I possibly can. But for now, here she is, Sarah Creel. She was so much fun. I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as I did recording it. So here I am with Sarah Creel. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited to speak to you because I've really, it's, an, it's the kind of perspective that as a beauty journalist I've had for many years where a product appears on the shelves mm. and I'm lucky enough to get to speak to the people who made it and you literally find out about the bare bones of how it came to be. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to talk about that with you because that's what you do, isn't that, it? That is what I do. Yes, that is what I do. Product development and specifically with the latest collection that you've worked on, mm -hmm. which is the second capsule collection for Victoria Beckham's collaboration with Estee Lauder. Correct. Yes. How... Because it's the kind of collection that hits the shelves with so much fanfare. Mm, yeah. When Can you tell me a little bit about when the collection was born and kind of what is the starting point for something like this? Well, I mean, this being the second capsule, um, this has been in development really since we started the first capsule, which mm -hmm. was last fall. Um, and some products that we were developing for the first capsule 
didn't make it in time. You know, development is a windy road <laughs> and you don't always end up where you think you're going to end up. And almost never do you end up there at the time that you think you're going to end up there. So several of the products that we had started developing for the first capsule that didn't make it are in this second capsule. So some so things have been in development for over two years. Other things have been in development for a short period of time, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, nine months would be the shortest period of time. Okay. So mm-hmm. before we dig into VB, yeah. let's take let's take us back. Okay. Because your career is pretty impressive. Oh, thank you. And there's lots that you've done. And you worked on a clinic counter. Was it in Bergdorf? Yes. Yes. Um, that was my first job out of college. And, and you went to uh, the University of Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Okay. And I majored actually in British literature. It, I, it was oh. in, I know it was an English. Well, it was an English degree, but English in the United States is all about the British canon. Okay. Of literature. So favorite novelist, so, favorite book, please. Oh, I, I really, I mean, Nathaniel Hawthorne, um, Scarlet Letter, which is actually, yeah, U.S. Um, oh, I would have to think on that. We'll have to come back to that. Well, we will come back to that. <laughs> we'll come back to that. <laughs> I'm like in the product head. Um, but yeah, I, so I graduated with this degree, and, but I always knew I wanted to get into makeup. I mean, okay. from the time when I was about 13, um, I grew up in this small town, and I would spend an inordinate amount of time in our local drugstore. And my father is an architect, and he had his own business. He would go into work on a Saturday, and he would take me, and I would wander next door into the drugstore. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I was about 13, I was looking at all of the mascaras, and I looked at all of the ingredient listings. And I realized, yeah, because I wanted to know what was the difference, you know, what was the difference between these mascaras? So I took like a CoverGirl mascara, you know, a Maybelline mascara, another one. And I was, and I read all of the ingredients and they were identical. And I mean, this is in, you know, 1980 or so and 1983, I guess, probably. And so what I realized was the only difference is the brush. Right. Okay. And I was like, somebody picks the brush. That's a job. Somebody must have this job of deciding what, what's going to make their mascara better. It's going to be the brush and who picks the brush. And I just had really like a really like lightning moment of, oh my gosh, that's what I want to do. And so I, I knew that's what I want to do. Then I went to Penn and I, you know, I had this conversation with my father again, and I said, you know, I know this is what I want to do. Do you think I should study marketing or should I study literature? And he gave me some of the best advice. He said, you know, you're going to be able to get a job doing marketing and learning marketing after you graduate, but you'll never really have the chance that you have right now to be at this great university. Speak to professors for whom this literature is their passion. Mm -hmm. You'll never have that opportunity again, really, to to meet people like this with these minds who really love this kind of work like you do. So that was really good advice until I graduated, and then I couldn't get a job. (laughs) (laughs) But then ultimately I did. Ultimately, yes, uh huh, with Clinique, and it was not what I had set you know my sights on. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get a marketing position in the corporate office, and. and so I applied, you know, I applied to a lot of different places. 
Um, but Estee Lauder in particular, I saved the rejection letter. Was it really nice? It was. It, no, it was, it was actually a very nice rejection letter. And I saved it. And I thought, you know, someday, someday I am going to be doing product development at that company. You know, I'm going to figure it out. And, you know, it just goes, it just goes to show, I don't know. I really believe this is something Victoria and I have in common. Actually, we both really believe in the whole power of creative visualization and the ability to manifest things. I mean, I didn't know that's what I was doing when Mm -hmm. I was doing it, but now that I look back on it. At the time, did it feel more like a sixth sense of, I I feel like I'm going to, one day there's going to be a letter and it's not going to be a rejection letter for that company. Mm -hmm. Yes. How interesting. Yes. It's funny Mm -hmm. how there's, Sometimes you just feel like the air changes or something. Yes. You're just like, I, yes, something just feels different. That's right. So yeah. I'm always fascinated to speak to anyone who works mm. on counter. Yeah, because, I loved it. Yeah, I, I mean, and especially Bergdorf is obviously a beautiful store, right? Gorgeous store. Um, and I, I bet that when people came, they didn't just buy one eyeshadow. <laughs> right? No, they didn't. And the thing about working for Clinique at the Bergdorf Goodman store was that it was a lot of sort of high net worth individuals coming mm-hmm. in who would tell me, you know, well, I've spoken to my dermatologist and this is what I need to do. And I, you know, I was all of 21 years old, you know, going, okay, all right. You know, and how do DDML you... DDML sounds right for that. Right, exactly. <laughs> and how do you incorporate that without alienating the person? Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, I had a lot that I had learned and, you know, could sure, show yeah. them and that sort of thing. But I mean, it's... The first time that you actually apply makeup to a total stranger is really quite something. In what way? You, you know, you're breaking like a whole personal space Mm -hmm. barrier. And I mean, they're, they're willing, they're probably excited about it, but at the same time, you know, you're really going in there, Mm. you know, right on top of them to put on makeup. And they will want to like what they see. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure. There's pressure. There's pressure. There's, you know, it's, it's, you learn a lot. I learned a lot anyway. I think, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I was reading your bio, I was thinking that would have been a really brilliant learning ground for um, intuition and reading people and understanding what the consumer wants. But additionally, that's okay. We'll just, a phone is ringing, but we'll just carry on. But equally, um, it's it's my daughter. <laughs> okay. Um, equally, it would have been an incredible learning ground for understanding what products people really liked and why they liked them, but also what people didn't like. Yes. So I could yes. imagine that your spidey senses would have just been on high alert right from the off. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's it's all of that. And then at the same time, being in that environment of a beauty floor, mm-hmm. you're exposed to everything that is happening in the beauty industry, especially in that day and age. Mm-hmm. Now there's the whole, you know, obviously online and things that are happening, you know, virtually. But in that moment, Bergdorf Goodman was the destination for beauty. And, you know, I, I got to see all of the launches and And that's when I started really developing my sense of trend Mm -hmm. and, you know, why does it happen? Why does it all of a sudden everything is purple? Mm. You know, how (laughs) does that, how does that happen? You know, where does it come from? And then in terms of skincare technology, this was the heyday of, um, you know, the new alpha hydroxy acids and 
the beta hydroxy acids and all of this stuff. So, you know, I got to see everything sort of just as it first came out and I was so hungry for it. I just would study everything that came out. I was going to say, how do you, particularly this was a a time before Instagram, Mm -hmm. how do you get plugged into the beauty industry back in the day? That it was word of mouth. I mean, you just made, I made friends with everybody at all the other counters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've (laughs) I bet that was a fun star from So fun. Oh, and yeah, Thursday nights out, even more fun. <laughs> so did you have Thursday nights out? So don't go to the counters on a Friday morning. Right, Friday morning was a little rough. <laughs> so did you learn, did you train as a makeup artist? Like, did you, how did you? I mean, I was trained mm-hmm. to apply makeup. I would never call myself a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who put on makeup a lot better than I do and ever will. <laughs> But I I knew enough how to do it, you know, that I could, generally speaking, you know, please whoever was sitting in the chair. And um, you must have sensed that emotional shift in somebody. Mm. Oh, yes, absolutely. Does that play now into how you develop? Yes, yes. You know, somebody asked me the other day, um, what does it feel like being part of, like, the evil empire of beauty? And I was like, what? are you talking about? You know, I said, I don't view it that way at all. You know, I, uh, the way I look at makeup and what I do is, I mean, I have, you know, a mother, a stepmother, sisters, sister-in-laws, cousins, you know, and nothing thrills me and them more than when I can give them some makeup, put some makeup on them. Mm. You know, the emotional transformation is really something it's universally bonding as well yes i was buying a tanning mitt the other day yeah. in um <laughs> in in town and there were two girls really having it young girls yeah. talking about these fake tans and they were really like should i use the in shower one but i want to look like this and i said may i possibly step in here and then you end up becoming buddies with these people right. thank right. god they didn't tell me to go and yeah know, no go and piss off. no no because everybody you know i think beauty is such a um, it's once people sense that they can trust you, you mm-hmm. know, um, which I'm sure those girls did with you, then it's like the floodgates open and it's just like full on. Yeah. I mean, I really can't go to a cocktail party without, <laughs> I mean, I just have to know the minute that it comes up, like, what do you do? If somebody asks me what I do, then that's it. It's just, just, you've it's, got the floor. It's the, it's like women just want to talk about beauty. What's the question you get asked the most in that situation? Mm. What is the one product I really need? And? <laughs> Sunscreen. Oh. Yeah. Do you know, we've had a lot of guests on the show who've said that sunscreen, 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 nothing else matters. You know, I mean, I am such a beauty junkie. I could never stop at sunscreen. But if the question is, and that is usually the question, what is the one product I need? You know, and they're looking for like the fountain of youth, but really... Yeah. Well, kind sunscreen of is. is yeah it is uh-huh. it just doesn't it doesn't deliver in the way that you want the fountain of youth to deliver right right you have to work at it that's right that's <laughs> right so this collection has dropped in the last mm. few days yes and it has been received with such excitement i was very lucky i got to hang out with you a couple of months ago yeah that was so fun and get talked through it mm-hmm. And there are some really interesting products, and I have to talk about the eye foils. Yeah, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Because these are um, little pots of yeah. um, pigment, uh-huh. but they have this finish, which yeah. is mm-hmm. 
metallic-y, shiny. Yeah. Like, so editorial. Right. I'm guessing you didn't nail that on the first go. This, no disrespect no. there, but that, no, I've not, not seen at all. Like no, no, not at all. Yeah, it is a very unusual product, and it is um, it is something that took us a long time to get to because to create a very shiny finish often mm-hmm. means that there's oil, right? Right, oil can create that kind of glossy shine. You know, mm-hmm. you think about lip gloss, for example. Yeah. And we wanted something that, when you put it on, looked like that, but instead felt completely comfortable and almost kind of dry. So I'm guessing on paper, when you put that hypothesis down, it's like, well, this doesn't exist right. currently. Exactly. And this is where the English degree comes in handy. <laughs> it really does. Because I, what has to happen is, every time a product is created, we start with what's called a concept proposal. to the laboratory. So we have to put on a piece of paper, what is it that we're looking for? And that's just in words. So especially when there's nothing like it in Mm -hmm. the world, you really have to be pretty good at describing what it is you're looking for. So that's what this was. And, um, you know, we did, we did get there, um, eventually, but it's the way that this works is by a really interesting use of there's water in this base, which makes it, you know, sort of that fresh, smooth kind of feel mm-hmm. um, and also enables it to feel very lightweight because the water evaporates. And then it's a polymer, a very flexible, shiny polymer that dries down and gives it that liquid metal shine. And so, yeah, writing that down in a proposal, I can imagine. Right. And and trying to explain what it is that you really want at the end. Because do you know what the component parts are? Like how scientific do you get? I don't get your... that scientific. I really, you know, and if I do, a chemist will tell me to like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so if you start talking about flexible polymers, that's right. like Sarah, get back in your lane. Exactly. That's okay. it, basically. Okay. But, you know, I mean... Our R&D is phenomenal, and the chemists that we work with are just so brilliant and amazing. And so, you know, and and have a good sense of humor. So we, and I've worked with them for a very long time. Yeah. So we are able to go back and forth and with a good sense of humor and, you know, and a good relationship. But yeah. What was the first product that you created? Okay. The first product that was really... I think that was really of, that sticks in my mind of something that I really did, um, was called Wonderware Foundation. And it was the precursor. It was for Ultima 2. I worked at Revlon. It was my first yeah. product development job. I answered a blind ad in the New York Times. Um, and I got this. <laughs> I love a blind ad. A blind ad. It was like large cosmetic company seeking product developer with one to three years experience. I saved that also. And I answered it and I ended up getting this job, which was crazy because I had zero years of product development experience, but I wrote a completely inappropriate cover letter and I got an interview. Oh no, I like this. Uh huh. What was inappropriate? What was inappropriate? Well, I mean, you know, normally in a, in a cover letter you say, you know, my resume is attached or my CV Mm -hmm. and thank you so much. I would appreciate any consideration, you know, no, in this cover letter, I wrote all about how AHAs, and BHAs were becoming such a um, sort of a pillar of products that 
it was really the, the fact that the technology was intersecting with the demographic of the baby boomer generation <laughs> that all of these products, all of these ingredients, alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids were going to end up going into makeup. And I saw this, you know, being like, this would be a future trend and blah, 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 which hadn't happened yet. And so that's what I, that's what I put in my, my cover letter. And you were bang (laughs) on the money? And I was bang on the money. Yeah, I was bang on the money, but you know, more importantly, it got me the job. So. But when you went for that interview and did, did, did you feel like you were telling them something that maybe they hadn't predicted or? Um, well, I do think, you know, the woman who was my boss then is now the head of Origins product development, Lynn Mazzella. <laughs> okay. All of my previous bosses work at Estee Lauder, which oh. is wild. I mean, at Estee Lauder companies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because product development is not a big group of people. It, it's a very small, it's a, it's a very tiny community, really. Okay. Uh, but and it sounds like it is a community. It is a community. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and so she said, she told me later, she was like, I was actually kind of terrified of you. You kind of scared me (laughs) because I think I wanted the job so badly. I knew it was my big break and I just wanted it so badly. And, you know, and I think that came across and and she, so she had me interview with somebody on her team and that woman who's still a friend of mine, Kathleen Montrose. So, so great. She said, she was like, she went back into Lynn's office and she was like, if you don't hire that girl, you're crazy. And so I got the job. Yeah. Wow. She yeah. She wasn't scared of me. Interesting that you knew that that was going to be your big break as well. Yeah. That's the I never applied for a job after that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. I think it's very interesting of uh, people like you who just know deep down, standing in that aisle in that chemist yeah. on a Saturday, age, what, 13? Yeah. Yeah. And just thinking, well, this is where I've got, this is where I've got to be. Yeah. And the pathway to get there is always so interesting. And the fact that, I don't know, you almost feel like when people tell these stories mm. that something else has been at play to help them shift oh, to those positions. Absolutely. I, I believe that completely. Important. Well, yeah, there's always magic. Yeah. What's the, can yeah. you, th- apart from. Can you think of a piece of magic? I always refer to it on this podcast as I ask my guests about a sliding doors moment. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I, I mean, I think there's so much actually of that going on. Mm. I really do. I think if, if you stay open, if you stay open and you stay positive, you know, I really think that more positive things come. And, and I just knew I was passionate about it, mm. you know, and so... Um, so I will tell you, yeah, there was definitely a sliding doors moment when I was, um, I went from Bergdorf Goodman at Clinique to a company called H2O plus, uh, which is a bath and body company that was out of Chicago and they were opening their first store on Madison Avenue in New York. And they headhunted me and asked me to be one of the salespeople to open the store. So I did. And so we had the first week of of our opening. And this man came in and he was looking at all of the products. And I walked up to him and I said, so what do you think? And he turned to me and he said, is that how you approach all your customers? And I said, no, I said, but I can tell you're actually not a customer. And (laughs) he was like, really? He's like, so what are you doing here? 
He's like, what are you doing in that job? And I said, well, actually, I'm trying to get a job in product development. That's what I really want to do. And he said, well, that's funny. He said, I'm a, um, the CEO of an executive search firm. And he said, you know what? He goes, you're too junior for me to actually place anywhere, but I'd be happy to help you. And his name was Jack Linehan. And this was before cell phones. This was, you know, before anything. This was landlines and the <laughs> whole thing. And, you know, 1992, I would say. And, um, and he totally helped me. He said, send me your resume. Let me take a look at it and I'll call you and I'll give you some feedback. And he helped me completely revamp my, my resume. It was really something. I mean, he was so kind. We met for breakfast. I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, to be honest. I was like, <laughs> you know, he was like, then he said, you know, meet me at the Plaza Hotel. And I was like, oh, here we go. And he's like, for breakfast at 7 a.m. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, fine. And so, you, don't, you don't have to stay the night before to right, get to 7 a.m. Right. I got you, I got yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. So, no, he was completely on the up and up and just did it out of the kindness of his heart. And I stayed in touch with him for years, years. And I let him know kind of where I was going and, you know, how it was all going. What, so, I love that. Uh, what was the question you asked him? Do you... I said, so, what do you think? Amazing. And from that, uh-huh. he, you you knew who, what his game was. He kind of... And then he was like, huh, what are you doing here mm. in this job? That's you definitely know? a little bit of magic, isn't right. it? Right. I'm yeah. so keen to talk to you about communication. Cool. Because, as we've talked about, you have to write down what you want for product. Mm-hmm. But you've worked for uh, Bobby Brown. So your title that we discussed uh, um, before we hit record was, it's Global Partnership Initiative... Mm-hmm. No, you're head of global. I'm. I'm the yes. I'm the head <laughs> of global partnership initiatives for Estee Lauder, the brand. Mm-hmm. So that means that you work across many brands. Yes. Well, it means that I work. I work in this sort of collaborative space, mm-hmm. and so um, I worked on, for example, like the Estee Edit. You know, um, for Estee Lauder, I worked on. I've been working on Aaron which is sold a lot of places on the Estee Lauder counter mm-hmm. doing product development. Um, and then Victoria Beckham, I did the Courage um, collaboration, all of those products. Um, and you were, prior to that, you were product development for Bobby Brown, is that correct? Yeah, well, Bobby, for Bobby Brown, I started as her head of product development, and then uh, she asked me to be her head of marketing as well. And so then I did both of those things for, yeah, for about four years. I was with her for five years and then I had my second baby and then I needed to take a little, I took a little break. Well, we have to come back at some point to how on earth you're doing all of this and being a mom. Yeah. But in terms of communication, if someone calls you up in the middle of the night, because let's face it, these creatives have these eureka moments right? and they're not always between nine to five. Yes. Yes. Sarah, I've had an idea about a product. Yeah. How do you, have you created a shortcut for understanding what people really mean? Um, <laughs> yes. And it doesn't always work. <laughs> it doesn't always work. You know, I did um, the Prada beauty line and that was a famous situation of it not working um, where Mucha told me that she wanted to have Japanese um, skincare. And she used this product line that she bought in Milan that was Japanese and, you know, and she 
loved the Japanese textures and blah, 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 all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I really took it for face at face value that she loved Japanese textures. And so I started working with the Japanese laboratory. I mean, full on. And I made all these formulas and these moisturizers and all this. And I sent them to her. And then she called me and she was like, I'm coming to see you. I have to talk to you in person. She goes, I just don't think you're understanding what it is I want. (laughs) I called it Hurricane Mucha Day. She showed up in New York. (laughs) And it was such a tough day. And, um, but what had happened was the, the line that she used was called a Japanese name, but the formulations, which I had not gotten my hands on for various reasons, but I had not yet. And they were all extremely European, Uh, more European traditional skincare under a Japanese name. So the first order of business is get your hands on the products and, you know, whatever it is that they are using, they love. Mm -hmm. So you can get a sense of this person's aesthetic. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Do you end up trying to not to make it sound like silence of the lambs, but like trying to wear their aesthetic as a second skin. Yeah. Like live in their, yes. see through their eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just asking, you know, I always ask like, why do you like it? You know, how do you use it? Mm-hmm. What do you think it does for you that other products don't do? You know, um, so that you can just, you know, it is, a, it is, a, it is very psychological. Mm. And then the thing that always makes the difference is that you, you know, what I try to do anyway is I think it's human nature to want to be surprised. I think that you might say, this is what I want. You know, you might say like, okay, Sarah, I I really love this kind of moisturizer. And if I just had it like this and you know, this is really what I want. Mm -hmm. Well, I would give you that, you know, to the best of my ability, I would figure out what that is and, you know, be like, okay, here's that. And then I would be like, and then here's another product that's like this that you hadn't thought of, but that I think might surprise you and, and really, you know, please you basically. And, and, you know, give you that feeling, which is what I want women to have. Like, oh my God, I didn't know I could try a product like that. I didn't know a mascara could be like that, you know, and bring something to the table that then surprises you because I just think it's human nature. You, you don't actually want exactly what it is you're saying you want. Most of the time. No, it's true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You're completely correct. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of that. Yeah. So does that mean you would deliver two things and say, so here's what you wanted, mm-hmm. but I've just put a little bit of a spin on it with this. Either that, or it can be a spin, or it can be, it can be something different, or, you know, I mean, when I first started meeting with Erin, for example, mm-hmm. um, with Erin Lauder, she, she was like, I'm working on this line. And, you know, she's like, I mean... I just want you to come see it. It was after she knew that I had helped do the Tom Ford collection. So the Tom Ford line. So she had seen that and she loved it. And so, um, she asked me if I would help her with hers. Mm. So this is when I wasn't working. I did the Tom Ford thing as a project, as a consultant with Annie Carullo. Do you know Annie? I don't know Annie. Oh, okay. She's the head of uh, product development globally for Estee Lauder. Okay. She's amazing, amazing woman. And so she had called me and asked me if I would help her with that. So I did. And then Aaron saw that and, and called me and said, you know, I'd love to talk to you about helping me do my color line. So I went into her office and she showed me this line, which was beautiful. It was really gorgeous. 
And she said, you know, what, what do you think? And I could tell just by her whole demeanor. And I said, I think somebody gave you exactly what you wanted. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's not going to be enough. I said, because you're not delighted. Right. Because it's exactly your vision without any, you know, it's just human nature. Yeah. You just want to be stimulated. Yeah. You know, and, and somebody bringing something new. That's when the excitement happens. I like delighted is exactly mm -hmm. that feeling of. <sighs> yeah. Um, let's talk about Tom Ford because yeah. that really, for me, felt like a real um change actually in terms mm. of luxury textures mm. it felt like when though when that collection launched there was i think there was obviously a lot of expectation because yeah. it's top tom mr ford so, yes totally um, yeah you, you know you you know it's not going to be garbage yes but when it appeared and uh, the packaging was like that heavy mm. luxe beautiful and the textures did feel very different yeah um I don't think people were really expecting that. I certainly as a journalist just thought an eyeshadow is an eyeshadow and we're very used to mm -hmm. um, an eyeshadow with a designer name on it mm -hmm. being not dissimilar from a high street shadow. But right. this felt different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was that part of the hypothesis? That's always part of Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My hypothesis. Okay. That's always, I mean, I feel like if I can't help deliver something that is really different, like, um, what do I want to say? You know, different enough that it's obvious to the consumer, mm. you know, because in the beauty industry, we can talk to ourselves a lot, but for me, it's really important that if I gave it to my sister, she'd be like, oh my God, this is great. Mm. I love how this applies. I love how this looks, you know, whatever it is. Um, so that's always the goal for me. Mm. Um, but yes, but, but there is something to be said for having luxury brands. And like, you know, with this Victoria Beckham collection, it's the same. It's luxury pricing. And the luxury pricing is giving you more money Mm. to put into the formulas. You know, all of these pearls that you see, you know, for example, in the eye foils mm. or, you know, in her shadows, the eye metals, those are really expensive. And to get a formula that has that kind of shine, payoff, delivery, all of that is a luxury priced formula. Well, that was what I was going to say because we... Uh uh, Estee Lauder very kindly hosted these uh, 
not one-to-ones because there were two of you, but uh-huh. we got to hang out in small groups with yep. you and Victoria yeah. and we would talk through the collection. Yes. And there was a part of me that was thinking, it's great that she has her name on a product, but it will probably be... Mm-hmm. It will be yeah. another luxury texture collection, but there is a point of difference. And I think I said this on last week's podcast. It's so easy to to want to sort of not want to pick holes in it, but to just think this isn't reinventing the wheel. But yeah. but it has. There are these. There's the. There are these new textures. Morning Aura. I know that was one of the original launches. Yeah, yeah. That became a beauty icon pretty much the yeah. second somebody put it on its skin. On yes. Their skin. Yes. I know. I so know. Yeah. it has completely raised the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, thank you. It really has. And let's go into a little bit more depth about the actual collection because yeah. it's done by cities. Yes. Uh-huh. And there are things in there that yeah. uh, when you guys were talking about it, you were saying, like, we could have launched it, yeah. but it just wasn't ready. That's we right. wanted to make it next level good. Yeah, absolutely. Was absolutely. there an element of perfectionism within the <laughs> Victorian? <laughs> I'm saying that without a wry look on my face. <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounded like. Yes. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, she's a perfectionist, but Mm. so am I. Mm. So it's totally fine. And, you know, um, I don't know. I've said this before, but I, I really, I admire her and I feel so blessed, honestly, to, and, and honored to be able to do this and be on this journey with her because Mm. she's really, she is a beauty junkie. I mean, when I met with her the first time in L.A. at her house, on her dining room table, she had 15 years worth of cosmetics that she had collected and saved. Unopened, untouched? No, no. All touched. Everything touched. And, I mean, this was where, like, the modern Mercury thing came from. One of the most, I'll I'll say most loved. Yes. (laughs) Compacts in that entire collection. I mean, it was this Estee Lauder compact from, you know, I don't even know, early 2000s. She was buying it on eBay. <laughs> and, and you know, she absolutely loved it. And she was like, do you think we could bring this back? And I'm like, yes, we could that's bring the, that. That's the, the hardware. That's the, that's well the highlighter. As, yeah. Mm-hmm. But are you talking about the hardware that no. she brought back? No, no, no. That, that was something else. That was... Um, like a cigarette case that she had, and you know she had all kinds of interesting inspiration for the knurling on the new um, uh, skin perfecting powder. Mm. Did you see this? Yeah, I, mean, I know this is a podcast, oh. so it's a little bit challenging. But I mean, look at that. This but, looks like a Joan Collins cigarette. I know. Well, that was it. Was it was actually like a cigarette case. We'll be put, are we putting the pictures, listeners, to these on yes. the show notes? Yes, and what's so wild, this is what, I, and I said this to Victoria earlier, um, when I got my bag, which is, this is a, like, summer bag, right? Um, so it's time to switch up. God knows my <laughs> fall order's coming. But when I got it, I mean, look at the clasp. Oh, Wow. So this is a Victoria Beckham bag. Yes. This is a Victoria Beckham compact, and there is some yes, and symmetry. yes, right. And I said, "Oh my God, I got Victoria. It's the same knurling that's on the compact." And she's like, "I know." She's like, "Well, you know, I am the only one who sees all the pieces, you know." And she's like, "And so I thought, oh, well, we could start putting the knurling on our hardware, and vice versa, into the compact." How clever! So, it's very. It does take me back to um, an era which I love. Because I was never old enough to actually live it out, which is dynasty. Yes, I yes. Do you want to swan around and throw glasses of champagne in I know. people's faces? That's right. I really <laughs> I do. Know, I know. 
I know. I mean, and yeah, this is this is kind of what it is. And Victoria often says, like, you know, there are elements of old Hollywood mm. for her that she thinks, you know, is just so, um, you know, there things that kind of look old school and old, you know, Hollywood, but are really super modern. Like that is the mm. smudgy matte eyeliner, which is a, when you open it, you think it's going to be liquid, but it's a powder. Now, so you've got the, the eyeliner mm-hmm. and you've got the smudgy matte eyeliner yeah. and they both are in inkwell formats, yes. aren't they? Yes. Now, this was something that you wanted to create for the first collection, but wasn't ready? No, this was a actually speedy creation. This was, this was relatively um, quick. Okay. It was just, it was just being daring enough to do it, honestly, because it is sometimes, sometimes innovation is not as well received as you might think. Well, I was going to say, sometimes you come up with an idea and you, whoever you're collaborating with, whether it's Victoria or someone else within mm-hmm. the group, mm-hmm. do you ever look at each other and just think, and just say, the world isn't ready? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, there are certain things that, you know, um, and, and formulas that I've created and I'm like, oh no, this is absolutely so spot on and amazing. And, you know, and if people are like, wait, but what is it? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't get it. What is it? And I'm like, what do you mean? I think it's clear, but you know, this is when I start to talk to myself sometimes. Nothing wrong with that. You know, <laughs> so absolutely nothing wrong but with like that. But like this, um, the eye ink matte eyeliner. I want to say, make sure that I'm saying because, of course, I develop all these products with working names, and then they become final names that do are you different. Have, okay, what are your? Do you have fun working? Oh, I have all kinds of. Yes, I mean we have. You know. Oh yeah, I mean it, it varies. Like, I mean I've had lipsticks that sort of back in the day when I was at um, Prescriptives, which was. You know, in the 90s. By the way, I really miss Prescriptives. I know. And I what a said, gorgeous brand. I was I very, very sad when Prescriptives left. I know. I know. It was a great brand. I loved developing for that. Amazing. Yeah, Annie Krulo was my boss at Prescriptives, who's oh. now the head of, of Estee Lauder. Part and time. I remember yeah. going into Selfridges where they had that incredible machine where they custom yeah. made your color. Yeah. And now you can go and... People were custom to your color, but that was really so, groundbreaking at yes, the time. Yes, absolutely. Was that early two thousands yeah, would have been. Yeah, it was. Yeah, even in even nineties, it was. I mean, that was probably two thousand by the time they got it mm. out and about. Um, where was I going with this? Um, I uh, the working names. Oh yeah, the working names. So I was explaining to Annie actually. I wanted to create this lipstick that I'm like, you know, it's like beige, gray kind of, you know, and she was like, what, what, what do you mean? What, what are you talking about? And nobody had ever really, there wasn't a color, but I was inspired by a woman that I saw a girl. I mean, a young girl that I saw on the subway who had clearly put eyebrow pencil on her lips and it looked amazing. I mean, it helped that she was gorgeous, but it looked unbelievable. And so I created this, this, um, prototype using an eyebrow pencil and, um, and I was like, I, I want to call it toe tag. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so it became, yeah. And of course it didn't end up becoming, you know, being called toe tag, but that was well, my, the Ilamaska might borrow that, that now. Was, right, they might. But that was my working, yeah, that was my working name. And, you know, but I've always had fun with working names and, you know. 
I swear a lot. I don't have the, you know. That's okay. There's a button that I can press on yeah. my, when I upload yeah. this. So, you know, there's, there's, you know, I use asterisks a lot and yeah, it's just fun. Last week's podcast, because it just landed, um, the news of it just landed was the Tom Ford fragrance. Yes. And I just did this whole introduction and yeah. then at the end of it, oh, I'm sorry for swearing, but how can you can't talk about it? You can't without... talk about it if you don't. No, I exactly. Know. I, ended the... up saying, I ended up saying effing fabulous at the end uh-huh. after I'd said it about six times. <laughs> So that was pointless. Right. Um, Do you have any particular babies? Do you have any Mm. products that you feel like you did have that eureka moment Mm -hmm. and they mean an awful lot to you? Yes. Um, Yes. I mean, let's see. So many. But uh, I would say a highlight would be um, I created the, the idea of magic for prescriptives which was, um, it was really the first optical enhancing, you know, moisturizer, primer kind Mm. of thing. Um, It had not been done before. And that's when I went into Annie, my boss, Mm -hmm. and I took her in. Just I filled a small jar with white paint. And I just held it up and I said, what if you put this on your face And you just instantly looked better. Like you just, it's not makeup, you know, but it makes you look instantly better. You look better to you. You look better to me. You just look better. And it just uses some kind of optical thing Mm -hmm. to make that happen. I mean, now in 2017, that sounds like, yeah, you know, been there, done that, whatever. (laughs) But this was in 1997 and it hadn't been done. And so she was like, okay. Go, you know, you, you, you try that. You try that with innovation at Run R&D. with the wind, little fox. But then, yeah. But then um, this fabulous chemist, Andy Bavacqua at, at Estee Lauder R&D, he and I worked together. Um, I explained this idea to him and he was like, I'm actually working on this thing with mirror prisms. And he's like, it, it might actually work. And then we did it. And so it was this product called Magic. And... And then we did a whole line of like, you know, it ended up being like something like 18 skews or something. But that was with Eureka. It was just pigment-free. Yeah. And then it became part of the foundation and then category. And it became right? part of the foundation. But well, it was like an adjunct to the foundation mm-hmm. category. But there was like a magic powder. Um, was that the one that was... With the cool yeah, break, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the water break. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Listen, what you missed there is I just did that as if I was um, Salt Bay. I just like <laughs> rubbed my thumb and fingers together because that's exactly what it made me think yes, of. Yes. Yes. It's a texture. It's a thing. It's a water it break. It feels wet. But mm-hmm. then when you look at your hands, yeah. you have powder, powder on your hands. That's right. So your brain goes, mm-hmm. say, what now? Right. Yes. Yes. Which is part of the surprising Thing. So have you, and I guess, so do you that's, use that that's, technology now in other products? Oh, sure. I mean, now that technology is like, you know, existing and, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, and, but you see, like I see in my own career, I see the evolution of wanting that, mm. you know, excuse me, which is why, for example, Morning Aura, you know, that didn't just happen. Mm-hmm. That was not dumb luck. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like all of this time working at this idea over like two decades. I'm so old. Oh my God. But, <laughs> but working on this idea of being able to create perfect skin, mm. you know, I love that idea. I just think, you know, well, who doesn't want that? Whether you wear makeup or you don't wear makeup, but, you know, but to be able to put something on that just makes your skin 
so perfect looking, glowy and smooth and fresh and pore free. And, you know, will that always be your holy grail rather than color as much? Like if you just have a day and you're just no pressure on you and you're just thinking about a product, would you always lean towards skincare? It's not skincare. No, I don't lean towards skincare per se. I love skincare, but no, I'm definitely more in the um, optical illusion makeup bag of tricks. You know, so and you like a little bit of witchery with I your do, cosmetics. I do. And I have no patience. So I want everything now. I want it to be fast. And I want, you know, that's what I want for like my friends and, you know, and for women in general. Like mm. you want to put something on and be like, oh my God, I look effing fabulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you, um, do you have a secret shop? Do you uh-huh. ever go to your counter and did. watch people experience? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I actually did that this weekend, which was hysterical because I did it with my daughters. But in I London? No. I was in actually out in the Hamptons Okay. and in, in the U.S. And, um, and we went into a shop that, that carries multiple brands. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we go in and I didn't have on any makeup. We had just been horseback riding, the three of us, which is my new endeavor. Can I have your life, by the way? Because your life is already sounding pretty good. <laughs> it is really good. Makes makeup for a living. It is really good. Spends time in the Hamptons. Yeah. Thanks. No, it's, I, I am very, very lucky. I, I say thank you every day. But you work hard. I do. I do. I work hard and I stay focused. And, you know, I joke like with a good friend of mine who was saying, he was like, I just, I'm just watching what is happening here. And I just really, um, he said, I'm really impressed. And I said, thanks. I said, to be honest, it's like a military operation some days. It really is. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you got to get everybody at their stations and who's doing what and that kind of thing. But Sometimes the the worlds collide as they did this weekend where I had my daughters Mm -hmm. and I was going by this shop and I was like, I've got to get in there. I really want to see what's happening in this store and what is really selling. Mm. And so I go in. So I didn't have on any makeup because we'd just been, you know, doing the horseback riding thing and I'd been sweating. So I really look great. You already had your natural morning aura. Well, that's saying (laughs) it kindly. I, I don't think I quite looked like that. As a matter of fact, the woman in the shop was like, you know, she goes, I could really help you. And I was like, oh, fantastic. Great. And my daughter Peyton starts saying, she's like, mom, but you, and I just gave her like, you know, sort of the dagger eye <laughs> to, to stop talking. And she just, she was like, I'm like, have some cookies. There was like a plate of cookies. So she and Isla go over, they start, you know, start stuffing their face with cookies. And this woman is like, you know, my absolute favorite two products in this shop are, you know, this and this. And she shows me these two products. She combines them. And now my girls are watching her. She's putting on the, 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 you know, this like serum on my face. And then she's combining like a color product and a serum thing around my eye. And she's explaining, she's like, you know, hyaluronic acid is something that naturally occurs in the skin. And I'm like, does it, you know, <laughs> cause I'm does it hold shopping. Its own weight in water. Right. Exactly. So, so we do all of this. I buy the products, you know, some of the products that she recommends, like, you know, she's like, this is the best selling product in the shop and blah, blah, blah. 
So then we leave, we start walking down the street and Peyton says to me, she's like, I don't get it, mom. You know, why would you ask her when you know so much about makeup? And I said, what we just did right then was secret, like secret competitive shopping. (laughs) I'm like, I always want to find out, you know, what is selling Mm -hmm. and what makes a difference. And I said, she's a woman who wants to sell products. So she wants to tell me what she loves. And I'm somebody who wants to develop products. And I said, did you see how she used those two products to get the effect that she wanted on my skin. And Peyton was like, yeah. And I said, maybe I can work on a formula that would do all of that in one bottle. You know, that would be like a good challenge for me. She was like, oh, she goes, I get it. And then you have your kids along. So it's really convincing. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. She sounds like a great sales assistant. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like she was really good. Oh, she was, she was, she was super into it. Mm -hmm. So, Right. How do you manage this? Because we've talked about this with previous guests on the podcast about managing, balancing, whether it's work life, work motherhood. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're at the top of your game. Mm. You know, you don't work at Estee Lauder companies, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're the best. Yeah. So, company, yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah. what's the, and I hate to say what's the secret because I don't believe there is one. Right. That's what I was going to say. How do you approach <laughs> it? Um, You know, I I really think that, I mean, first of all, there's the very practical side. I have good help. Um, I'm divorced, but my ex-husband is very supportive Mm -hmm. of what I do. He is a great father, you know, so we have a good relationship and all of, all of those mechanics are kind of in place Mm -hmm. to help me, um, when I need to do this, like here I am with you today's Labor Day, which is a holiday in the United States, yes. you know, but he was able to take the girls and they're having a blast. They're in the Hamptons. How bad can it be? Right. You know, um, so I come here to the UK for two days and then I go back and I'll make it in time on Wednesday. I get back Wednesday afternoon to get my girls all organized for Thursday morning, first day of school. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so the, the way that I do it, I mean, what I've learned is that it requires a lot of um, self-compassion. Interesting. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Because there is no perfection. You know, I really, I do my best. And, and I also know, like, there will never be enough time for my daughters, for them, mm-hmm. and really for me, with them. You know, there just isn't. Mm-hmm. But it's important for me also, for my own well-being, to do something that I love, excuse me, which is this. I love what I do. And it's really good and healthy, I think, for them to see that. Mm. You know, um, it's important, I think, as women and mothers in particular of daughters to show self-care. And that can be, you know, taking time to exercise, to get good sleep, to say no you know, to see me say no to people. Mm. I can't, you know, my plate is full. I would love to do that, but I'm not going to be able to. Sorry. Mm. You know, and because I think as women, we are such innately, we are such people pleasers. And so, you know, learning the skill of how to say no Mm. and, and to have boundaries, um, helps with the balance and then to let go of the guilt Mm. once you've said no. It's interesting about um, saying no. I had the author Jen Sincero on the show recently. Mm. And she says, um, 
we are as women will try and do everything yeah but if you say yes to something that you don't want to do you put a really icky Mm -hmm. energy out into the universe which speaks a little bit to what you said earlier about yeah positivity if you just have a positive state of mind yes things come your way yes exactly exactly i've started doing something um called a gratitude walk Oh. Okay, which is, yes, this was given to me by a really amazing friend. And she said, you know, try this when you're feeling kind of stuck. The first thing you, that you do in the morning when you wake up, before you've had coffee, before anything, which is really challenging, I'll say. Okay, she's but, already sounding a little bit crazy. I know, but it's only about five minutes. And <laughs> all you do is you go outside. You go outside and you just have a moment where you are thankful for what it is you're thankful for. And you just throw it out like Mm. to the universe. And then you listen for the first five bird calls you hear, because when you're listening, you actually can't be thinking. And so it just gives a moment to get out your gratitude, get it out into the universe and just have a moment of, you know, just nothing, just listening and sort of receiving that's so interesting because I've been reading a lot about gratitude journaling Mm -hmm. and I find I personally and I've talked about it on the show before Mm -hmm. but I find it very difficult it makes my mind very busy Mm -hmm. and then I get frustrated because I can't get everything on the page Mm -hmm. and then my handwriting's really ugly Mm -hmm. and I'm a perfectionist (laughs) and so I can't handle that so the notebook goes in the bin yeah um so I might have to try that yeah I've never been good at writing things down like that I've never kept a diary. I've never kept a journal. And so many people have said to me, like, you need to write some of this stuff down, you know? I don't want to revisit it. I don't don't either. And I'm too busy, like, living it. Yeah. Yeah. But But I definitely think... But this is in the present moment. This is what, you know, something to do. And I feel like it's... um, I really believe that that it's a a muscle. Mm. You know, gratitude is a muscle. And just as negativity is. So you can look at anything and it is just so, you know, it's trite, but it's, it's for a reason, the the half glass, you know, glass half full, half empty, Mm. um, scenario. And it is, it's just like, if you don't reflexively think that way, you can train yourself to be more grateful. And as you train yourself to be more grateful, which is a positive, right? You're thinking Mm -hmm. of all the things that you're happy about and that you're positive about and that are working in your life and all of that. You just attract more of that. And I think you elevate your own vibration. I totally agree. And I have talked previously on the podcast. I've struggled with anxiety and mm-hmm. that got me into a very negative downward yeah. spiral. Yeah. And weirdly, part of one of the things that really helps is when I can feel myself getting overwhelmed, just going, well, today's not going to be one of those days. Today's not going to be, Yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to. I don't know, break the record today. Right. So just take it easy. Exactly. And just that's make right. yourself a lovely pot of tea. That's right. And enjoy that. That's, that's right. That's right. Yes. And but, that's the self-compassion yeah. too. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, to me, that is the, that's where my work is, you know, for on myself to, to really to be more gentle with myself because mm. You know, I am like a go-getter. I wanted, I want to do it all. I want it, and I don't want it, and I want to do it well. And you know, but there comes a point where you know it is a point of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do it all, and you can't certainly can't do it all well. Have you ever burnt out, or have you ever just lost that creative? Spark? I did. I mean, I did have really toward the end of working at Bobby Brown when I had Peyton was two, and I had a newborn. 
And I just, and I was heading up both marketing and product development worldwide for that company, you know, that was like a $500 million business in 78 countries. And I was just like, I can not do this. You know, <laughs> I was like, and the only way I could really wrap my head around it was to resign. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just need to resign. I just need to take some time to be a mother. Yeah. So, and I tried to resign and to Estee Lauder's credit. I mean, they're, they are really such a great company and they, they called Bobby accepted my resignation, you know? Um, but then the head of human resources called me. She was like, you know, we'd really like it if you actually wouldn't really resign. You know, She was like, why don't you take a leave of absence and we'll just, you know, we'll just stay in touch. And nice. I know, I know they were really great. Um, did you, making a decision to resign is mm-hmm. a really big decision. Yeah. And whether it's for us, little companies, mm-hmm. whether it's for whatever job mm-hmm. our listeners might have, yeah. sometimes they might feel, or one can feel trapped in a situation. Mm-hmm. And the only logical answer is resigning. Mm-hmm. But there's, you can put lots of things in the place, like, well, it pays my rent. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't have a job, what will happen? Will yeah. I end up on the streets? Yeah. When it comes to big decisions, do you have any techniques for helping you make them or reasoning? You know, okay, I will say this. Some of the biggest decisions that I've made in my life have been made for me while I've been sleeping. And I have woken up in the morning and that is when I have moments of total clarity Mm -hmm. and it's almost before I've actually even completely woken up and that that is really more how my body comes to decision making isn't that interesting yeah I mean my body and my mind together yeah because but you know but that's my gut happening and my subconscious Mm -hmm. and all of that and so that's what I think. I think, you know, whatever your spidey sense is saying is it's right for, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's your gut reaction for a reason. Yeah. So if you feel like you need to get out of Dodge, mm-hmm. you probably do get out and you trust yourself to figure it out. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I think, I mean, I don't have a lot of fear around change mm-hmm. in general. I don't I, because I have a lot of faith that you know, the universe is a positive force. Mm. I don't feel like it's a negative thing. And so, you know, if I'm feeling like I was at the time, like I just couldn't handle all of the responsibility, you know, Mm. being a a mother for the second time and two little kids and so much work responsibility, I, I just could not. And so, you know, I think it's, it's just important that Sometimes you have to make a drastic step is Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. You sometimes have to do something dramatic. And do you feel like making that dramatic decision then Mm -hmm. has informed and made you enjoy your working life more moving forward? Definitely. I think, and it also empowered me, you know, it empowered me because then I thought, okay, because the way I was looking at it was like, okay, well, this is a corporate job and this is how it needs to be and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, when this woman, Mary Lou Marshall, called me from Estee Lauder and said, you know, how about you just take a leave of absence and we stay in touch? And, you know, and then they called me, then Annie called me on the Tom Ford thing. And then I did that as a project. I mean, I was, I was not working for six months. <laughs> That's all it was. But it was, it was enough to shift definitely the way that I viewed working and what my options were. Great. Yeah. And it sounds like everything then slotted 
And you were able to say yes to the things that yes. were right and no to the things that weren't. Yes, exactly. So exactly. Point of clarity. I love the idea of the decisions are made for you in your sleep because I totally yeah. know what you mean. Sometimes you just wake up and you know. Yes. I've got to do this today. I've got to say yes. that thing that's been yes. on the tip of my tongue. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've had it happen like in relationships. I've had it happen, you know, mm. where you just wake up and it's like, oh, wow. Huh. Have you ever formulated a product in your sleep? Have you ever woken up yes. and gone, I'm making this today? Yes, I have definitely. I have dreamt about products and what they do. and Or, you know, there's just, I, I do somehow, <laughs> subconsciously, I do a lot of problem solving. Like I'll have issues with, with products. I mean, mm. developing a product is very, it's intuitive, but it requires a lot of persistence. And at the same time, creativity requires so much openness. Mm. So you can't get so persistent that you close down, you know, which sometimes I will mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. You know, I can sense myself like, I just want it to happen so badly, you know, and then it's like, okay, that, then it's really not going to happen. Yeah. And so I sometimes before I go to sleep, I'll think about the problem and, you know, think about like, you know, maybe there's some other creative ways of solving this problem and they can, they can be solved. I feel the same way about uh, when I write features. Yeah. I do all my research. I'll put, I'll uh-huh. put it down on paper uh-huh. and it'll be in good shape. And then I will not touch it for 24 hours if the deadline allows. Yeah. And it's like all of that research, the paragraphs that you've put together, they're all the raw ingredients mm. and you stick them in your mental oven and then you wake up one morning and it's yes. ready Fully cooked. Baked. Yeah. And then you just have to tweak. That's right. Yes. And then sometimes you get like a completely, you know, you'll see maybe like a salient point that goes through the mm-hmm. whole thing or something that you hadn't seen or something. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I love, I've loved delving into your brain, but we've come to the yes. end of our time together. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm going to be putting links to the Victoria Beckham Estee Lauder collection on the show notes because if you get a chance, I know that these are luxury products, you have to feel them. If you get a chance to go to counter, you have to go and have a look. And what would you say... If someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I just want to get one thing, one thing, what would you suggest? God. I know, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I just don't know if I can do one thing. I mean, the morning aura, okay, that doesn't really count because that's in the first collection. Mm -hmm. So that's a given that obviously everyone wants that. Right. The mascara. Oh, the eye ink. Yes. I used it the other day. The the thing I like about it so much is because the the brush is thin, Mm -hmm. I can tight line with it. That's right. I know. Yes. Yes. I mean, Victoria's whole concept for that mascara was she loves how she sometimes has her lashes painted on set when she's Mm. in a photo shoot. And she said, you know, that's what I'd really like to do is create something that could do that. So other women could have this experience. What's the difference between painting and... it? Well, literally when she's on set, a makeup artist has taken a brush and dipped it into a tube of mascara and painted the lashes. And so that's what she explained to me. This is a perfect example of hearing what she says and then going, okay, how am I going to do this? How are we going to create a product where an average woman could paint her lashes? And so that's that's what I did. I did this long, um, you know, wand. It's very long, yeah. It's very long, which also gives you the field of vision Mm. when you are painting 
and you are applying the mascara. It's interesting, when I was using it the other day, I was using the wand in a way that I haven't used other wands Mm -hmm. because I was sort of flipping it around and being Mm -hmm. a bit ambidextrous. Yes. I felt like I could do... I could fan out the lashes, I could coat them. Yeah. You can do it on top, you can Mm. do it underneath. I mean, it's very flexible. Then you can rotate it and use it so that it's, you know, sort of perpendicular Mm. to your lashes. Yeah. And And then you you can can paint down. Uh Yeah. And you can paint because it's a tiny, tiny end. So that's the story of the eye That's the story, yes. And that she wanted it lash extension friendly. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were a lot of things that she wanted. So it's not waterproof. You could take it off with With warm water. Yes, with warm water. But it doesn't smudge. No, it does not smudge. It's 15-hour wear. And it has the most fibers of any mascara we've ever made at Estee Lauder. Which means that the fibers are the fattening. That's that's right. And as, as Victoria said, she goes, I want it to look like there's cotton wool on the lashes. Which, of course, <laughs> I say that in the U.S. and everybody cracks up because they don't know what cotton wool is. Do you call cotton wool in the U.S.? Uh, cotton balls. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that, yeah. So I knew she wanted it to be super dramatic, but at the same time, there had to be something that enabled you to take all of this product and actually maneuver it on mm. the lashes. So that's why it's this fine bristle brush. I'm very, very funny about mascara, and I mm. must admit, again, it was one of those things of... Can it right. be that different from mm-hmm. other mascaras? Mm-hmm. And my first experience of using it, I have only used it once, was mm-hmm. that, yeah, it is. Yeah. I love the length of the yeah. wand. I love that it gives me... Mm-hmm. And there's quite a lot of playtime with the formula yes. as well. Like you can really build. You can build, you can move it. Mm. And, um, and also it has a loose wipe, which is... So a wipe is the thing that's on the inside of the actual tube that wipes the mascara wand. Mm-hmm. And mascaras, in my opinion, have gotten very clean. I was going to say they get quite dry. Yeah. And they are wiping because they don't want a woman to see any product on the wand Mm. because then she probably thinks, okay, well, that's product that's not going on my lashes, which is understandable. However, if you fill it and you make a weight claim for the product that she's actually going to use, which is what we did, then, you know, I think it's all good because it enables her to actually get a ton of product on this small wand. Mm. So a lot of product on the lashes, but still the ability to separate and, you know, maneuver it. And you're, are you working on collection number three? Uh, well, you know, it, oh, we, just, we just never stop. That's what I would say. Well, based we on what stop. I've seen, I'm very, very excited to see what could possibly come next. Thank you. Sarah, thank you so much for joining Such me. Such a show. pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Emma. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sarah Creel. Before you go, just a reminder, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I also uh, try to get back to all the messages I get on social media. So uh, if you want to get in touch with me, I am Emma Guns at Emma Guns on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you're enjoying the show and you had a good time and you want to help this one woman show rise up the iTunes charts, then please do go to iTunes, click those five stars and leave a little review. There will be another fantastic guest on the next episode of the Emma Gunn Show and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.